Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. What's up, everybody? My name's Aaron DeLong. I'm the lead pastor here at Simple Church. I want to say welcome to those of you that are tuning in today, whether you are live in our campus or on Facebook or you are watching this uh, as a replay or listening on our podcast. We're so glad that you are here. You are part of our family and you belong here with us. And so we celebrate that. Thanks for being with us. Today, we are continuing in our series. This is week number four of our series called Carols. And what we've been doing in this series has been a lot of fun uh, because it takes one of my passions. I I love to take something that we are familiar with and kind of turn it on its head and look at it from a new and different angle. And that's what we're doing in this series is looking at Christmas carols, carols that you are familiar with, that you grew up hearing, and that maybe you've sang so many times that the meaning of them has become hidden to you. Or maybe there's a line in the song that you just didn't even think about. And so the last three weeks that we've done today, we are going to continue doing that. And before I tell you what the name of the song is, I want to kind of give you the big idea today. And the big idea is that God is, God was, and God will be with you. In fact, if you're with us today, either on Facebook or in our campus today, why don't you write this in the comments, say, God is, go for it, I'll wait, and then write, God was, I'll wait, and then write, God will be, I'll wait, with us. Go ahead and put that into the into the notes. So God is, God was, and God will be with us. That is the big idea for today. So today we're going to be looking at the song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And just a little bit of history behind this. Uh, this is one of those songs that just has this very haunting quality to it. One of my Favorite um, versions of this is done by a band called Chasing Furies. Just a beautiful version of it. But the history on it, this is actually over 1,200 years old. This is one of the oldest songs that we have looked at. It is has its origins based in the 8th or 9th century. And it was uh, done by churches. Uh, they began singing or chanting this song seven days before Christmas. And I say chanting because this, this song, before it was a song, it was, it was part of these things called uh, the O Antiphons. And in other words, they would sing out or chant out, O come, uh, O come Emmanuel. And, and the people would chant it back to them. So imagine like some monks, people dressed in some robes, O come, O come Emmanuel. Right? So that's where it's from. It's really, really old. And then in the 1800s, it was translated into English and it became the beloved song that we know. That was 1861. So it's very, very popular nowadays. Uh, And again, that's why even the way it's sung today, it is sung and has part of that chanting quality uh, from its origin. So here's what we're going to do before we talk any more about it. Take a listen to the Simple Church Worship Band as they sing O O Come Emmanuel.
All right, man, I hope you enjoyed that. Today's focus within this song is specifically one word, and that is the word Emmanuel. So they're saying, O come, O come, Emmanuel. And Emmanuel simply means this, God with us. God with us. Now, this is a very, very uh, powerful idea. In fact, it is, it is one of the most prayed prayers is God be with me, right? How many of you guys, if you would share, share, have ever prayed the prayer, God be with me? I know our students that are, are, are participating right now, they have prayed, God be with me as I take this test that I didn't study for, right? Or uh, there's those of us that are traveling for the holidays. God be with us. Give, us. give us traveling mercies. May angels keep our roads or keep our, our wheels on the roads. Or, or we, we prayed, uh, God be with me when I go to the mall today. Lord, may it be, be that I am ever so highly favored is to find a spot in the parking lot close to the entrance. Or we pray when we go to Chipotle, God be with us and may the lines be short and may I get extra carne asada and may they forget to write it on the top of the bowl that, that, they, that they've got extra so I don't get charged for the extra. God be with me when, I, when, I'm, when I'm praying and, and low on finances. God be with me and, and help me win the lottery. And, Maybe God will respond, hey, go have these with me. Buy a lottery ticket. I don't know. We pray God be with us on a regular basis. So what does it mean for God to be with us? Well, Matthew 1.21 talks about what this means. And this is Matthew's account of the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus. And it's talking about how the angel appeared to the teenager and the virgin, Mary, and he was telling her about how she would uh, get pregnant. And this is what it says. It says, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophets, right? So verse 21 is the announcement of the good news. The good news meaning the, or the gospel, right? That's what gospel means. It's the good news. The good news about what? That the Christ the Messiah, the Savior of the world had come. The, the one who would come that would deliver us from our sins. The one that would come that would make us right with God. The one that would come that would fulfill the requirements of the law. And everything that we need would be found in him. He was coming. This was the good news. That hey, the announcement is he's here. That's verse 21. Verse 22 is Matthew quoting the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah 7:14, 7, 740 years prior to the birth of Jesus, he said that Jesus was going to come. And I think when you look at that, that's kind of like one of those crazy overwhelming things that like, how in the world did that happen? 740 years, seven centuries before Jesus was born, Isaiah is inspired by the Spirit of God to prophesy exactly what Matthew is going to say next. So Matthew quotes him right here and says in verse 23, the virgin, that was Mary, will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel. And we know Emmanuel means God with us. Man, this was huge news because up until this point, 
God had felt distant to them. God had been his presence, meaning him with them, had been relegated to the tents before the, long before they had the tabernacle. And then when they had the tabernacle, God's presence dwelled in the tabernacle and was reserved for special people. That the best they could do to get to God was their good deeds and their sacrifices and, and following a law which was impossible. It was defeating to them. So the fact that God had come and was going to be with them Literally with all man, this was huge news. It was bigger news than a monolith found out in the middle of the desert in Utah. It's bigger news than alleged Russian collusion in our elections. It's bigger news than Wonder Woman releasing on December 25th, 2020. It's bigger news than the notification you get on your phone that, hey, you have earned free guac at Chipotle. Like it is huge news, massive. And everybody who would have heard that message would have known that God dwelling with them was a game changer, that it was huge, that no man had been able to dwell with God since the fall of man in the very beginning with Adam and Eve, that no man had been able to walk with God that way, that not even Moses was able to see God's face, that not even the priests who were the special guys who were able to enter into the Holy Holies, were able to enter in without a rope being tied around their waist and bells around their ankles because if they walked in to the presence of a very holy God and they had sin in their lives, they would fall dead and without a bell jingling, they would have to pull them out by the rope, right? Like they knew that God was holy and they knew that we were sinful and that dwelling with God was impossible. So knowing that the Messiah had come, that every part of their deepest desires, that a relationship with God, a personal relationship with God would be possible. This was huge news. God would be with them. And so when the shepherds heard it, they celebrated. When the wise men heard it, they came and offered gifts and bowed in worship because God was not distant anymore. He was not a God who was uninvolved he was not just the creator and sustainer of the universe. No, God had now stripped himself of glory and humbly came as a baby. Jesus, being born as a child, was fully God and was also fully man. It's this great mystery that John 1, 1 encapsulated and says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then it says in, verse, in a later verse, I believe it's 13, it says, And then the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That, that that word, word is referring to Jesus, that he's been since eternity past. He was enthroned in glory. And that he stripped himself of all of that and became flesh and dwelt among us. He did this because God is a relational God. He is a God that did not want to shout, I love you from the heavens. He's a God who wanted to stand on this earth and show us how much he loved us. That's why he sent Jesus. He became Emmanuel. And why we can say God was, God is, and God will be with us. Now, if you're, there's some pushback in your heart right now, let me just put my finger on what that is. Some of you don't believe that. Some, some of you simply don't believe that. And your reasons for why you don't believe that are varied. Some of you, the reason you don't believe that God was, is, and will be with you is because maybe you're an atheist. Maybe you don't believe that God exists. 
Maybe, maybe that's the situation. Others of you, you're Christians, and right now you're in the, in the middle of whatever it is you're going through, or maybe it's just been a lately kind of thing. Maybe you're just saying, you know, I don't really feel God right now. I don't feel close to him. I don't have, I don't have the Holy Spirit goosebumps. And when I've been praying, I don't feel like he's listening right now. Or maybe, maybe it's something you're going through. Maybe it's the circumstances you find yourself in. Maybe, maybe you're somebody who's lost a loved one this year. And the holidays have made the weight of that even heavier. Because they won't be there around the Christmas tree this year. They, they won't be there for your birthday. And you're feeling the weight of that in this season. And it feels like... Man, where is God in this? Or maybe, maybe it's just this pandemic that just continues to go on and on and the, the, the pressures of what's going on in our political system here in the United States and the disasters and diseases that are spread throughout the rest of our world. And, or maybe it's just, maybe it's the, that, that what you're dealing with right now is, is some depression and you're, you're experiencing anhedonia, which is the inability to actually feel pleasure in something you used to feel pleasure in. And maybe that's related to your relationship with God. And so you're like, God, where are you? Yeah, I don't feel like you're here in this moment right now. I've lost the pleasure of the relationship with my God. Or maybe you're going through a health issue. And goodness knows, you know that I personally understand how blinding pain can be in your life and you're like, God, where are you in all of this? Or maybe the reason that you're questioning whether God was with you, is with you, or will be with you is because of, of a sense of shame that you have over something that you've done in your life, a mistake that you've made, a sin that you've committed, a choice that you made. And you feel like because of what you did, that shame is overwhelming you. And you ask the question, why would God even want me? My prayer today is simply that you would be convinced that God is, God was, and God will be with you no matter what. Because he is Emmanuel, God with us. And here's why I hope that for you is because that belief changes everything. So let me give you three thoughts on this, on this today. The very first one is simply this, God is with you. God is with you. Somebody put that in the comments section here. If you're on our online campus, you're on Facebook, type it out. God is with me. Some of you, if you don't have a way to interact with us, you just need to say it where you're at. You need to tell somebody, grab their shoulder and tell them, God is with me. Luke 1 says this, the angel went to her. So he's talking about Mary and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. I'd like to be in that spot. And I know that I am. The Lord is with you. This is the first truth that the angel says to Mary just before he tells her that she's going to have to go on and do something difficult. That God is with you because there's a hard thing that God has for her to do, which is to be a teenager, which is to be a virgin, which is to be a spouse to somebody and to be pregnant. In this Jewish culture, that was literally a death sentence and was, would, would carry so much shame along with it. She was being asked to do something hard. But the, Holy, but the angel told her, God is with you. And the beautiful thing here for you and I to realize is that one of the roles of the Holy Spirit, which by the way, is the Spirit of Christ. It is the Spirit 
his spirit that dwells in us when we place our faith in him. We say, Jesus, I'm going to trust you with my life. He fills us with his spirit. So God is not just with us, like beside us. He is literally inside of us. And one of his roles is the role of a comforter. It's to provide peace for us when we face difficult things, to provide joy for us, to provide strength for us, all simply by his presence. Presence matters. Man, I don't know, just, just recalling through my life where presence has mattered, like with my kids, we, we've gone to these theme parks for years and years and they always have those, those characters, you know, whether it's Disney characters, Hanna-Barbera characters, or Ninja Turtles, it just, or Chuck E. Cheese, or any of these places where they've had these big, bigger than life characters, they're walking around, you know, in their costume and they're waving at the kids. Our kids would be scared to go up with them and it's like, I'll go. I'll go with you. I'll go, instead of them going by themselves, I'll go with you. I'll go hug them first. I'll say hi. And, and that matters to our kids that, because presence matters. I'll go with you. And for me, I've, I've, I've had to go to court with people because, man, they're facing something difficult. And maybe they made a mistake and they just need somebody to stand with them. Whether I spoke or was just there as a, as a calming presence, presence matters to people. I've had opportunities to go with people and sit beside them in, in quiet support as they've had to have difficult conversations with staff members, with loved ones, family members, friends, as just to be a support because when you're facing something difficult, presence matters. Hospital visits, I've gone with people and when they're sick in the hospital, presence matters. I remember when my dad was sick and had had cancer and was going through radiation and I went and visited him in the hospital and though he was asleep underneath the influence of the medication I went and sat in his room and I opened my Bible and I felt the Spirit of the Lord tell me just to read out loud and so I read out loud so in that moment my dad knew that I was with him and something from the scriptures spoke to him and he knew in that moment that God was with him. Presence matters. It is comforting to go through hard things and have somebody alongside us. And the truth is, is that God is with us. The all-powerful, ever-present, all-knowing God, creator of the universe, he is with us and dwells inside of us. He is our guide when we are lost. He is our friend when we have no one else. He is our counselor when we don't know what to do. He is the healer of our bodies when we are sick, the healer of our minds when we are sick. He is the, our strength when we are at our weakest. He is our savior when we are caught and lost in sin. He is our joy when we are facing defeat. He is our peace when worry should be surrounding us and overwhelming us. He is our provider when we have nothing else. He is our strong tower and will protect us. He is our banner of righteousness. And I like that one. Because in battle, the banner that got raised was the banner of the victor. And he is our banner of righteousness because the battle is already won. Jesus stretched his arms out and said it was finished. He's led captivity captive. He has already conquered the world. And we stand underneath his banner. It doesn't matter what it looks like right now. We stand under his banner of victory. He is for us. We are winners when we are with him, presence matters. God is with us. Number two thought is simply this, that God was with you. Put it in the chat right now. Say it, God was with me. 
Say, God was with me. Say it out loud. Type it out. Say it. God was with me. When you look back over your life, I believe that, that it's easier to see how God was with you because it's difficult to experience God in moments, especially difficult moments in our lives where we're asking God, why, why would you allow this? I don't understand, I can't feel you, it's hard to hear you. We can't see God's faithfulness in those moments because we're looking at just moments, but when we look back over seasons, we see God's faithfulness. We see that he was indeed with us. We become like Joseph in the Bible. He's in the Old Testament. In Genesis, you read about him. He's one of these, these great heroes. It's a powerful story to tell. By the way, your Bible is full of these great stories. You should read it. I encourage you to. And I'm not even being snarky. I mean, like, seriously. It's better than anything you'll watch on Netflix today. Serious. But Joseph's story is this, he, he, God gives him this dream about how he's going to be this revolutionary leader, that he's, he gets this dream of, of, of 11 stars and the moon and the sun all bowing low to the color-coded one, and because he wore this color coat that his dad gave him because he loved him more than his 11 other brothers, and, and, and they didn't like Joseph's dream, and so they, they doubted his future, they doubted who he was going to be, they said, we're not going to bow to you, so, so they tricked him as he came out into a field, and they beat him up and they threw him into a pit and they were going to leave him there to die but one of his bro brothers were like eh he's not so bad we should just sell him into slavery we should and so that's what they did they pulled him up out of the pit and they sold him off into slavery for 20 shekels of silver and so Joseph gets carted off to Egypt and he's in Egypt and he's finding favor with his master and then he's wrongly accused of of of, of sexual impropriety he's like he's 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 wrongly accused of assaulting uh, Potiphar, his master's wife, and so he's thrown into prison, and you have to look at Joseph's story, and you have to know that Joseph was wondering, God, if my promise is the palace, what am I doing in the pit? But when you look back over Joseph's life, you realize that God's plan for Joseph was the pit and was the prison so that he could get him to the palace because God was with him. God had plans for him. And God used Joseph's life, Joseph's life to save so many people's life because there was this famine that came through. And because of where Joseph wound up in his life, the process that he went through, he had learned to lean on God and his relationship with him. And that when he got to the palace, he gained influence and opportunity to save so many people's lives. He had to go through the pit and the prison to get to the palace. And in all of those things, check out what Genesis 29 says. It says, but the Lord was with Joseph. And that's the story God wants to tell of your life. That when you get to a certain, you're going to look back and you're going to say, God was with me through it all. It didn't feel like it at the time. I was confused by it. I didn't understand why. I didn't feel him. But when I look back, God was faithful and he was with me. And God showed Joseph mercy and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. I mean, I can look back across my life and see these very strategic moments in my life where God was with me. When I was young, my father left me, but the Lord sent a faithful man who would adopt me and marry my mom and love me and care for me for the rest of my life. God was with me. When I became an adult and I got married and went through my first divorce and wound up walking through bankruptcy, God was with me and I learned how to manage my finances as a result of God being merciful to me and loving me through a very difficult situation that I, that I made mistakes to get myself there and I was thrust into by somebody else's decisions. 
I wound up, wound up walking through addiction. And not only did God set me free, but he taught me how to be free and stay free. God was with me even in the moments when it felt like he should abandon me because of my decisions and my filth in my life. God was with me when he called me to plant a church. And I looked everywhere across the city here in Reynoldsburg for a church. Then he put us in a funeral home and, and did it all for free. God didn't charge us a penny. They didn't charge us a penny to be in that building. He blessed us. God, God was with me. In 2019, the most difficult year of my life, when I was going through mental health issues and was hearing voices telling me to end my own life, God was with me as I sought help and as I, got, as I, as I uh, was set free from that and learned how to manage my life better and learned how to manage my thought life, how to manage myself and my spiritual, my spiritual walk with him and learn how to trust him better through all those things. God was with me. 2020, come on somebody, it's nearly over. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And God was with me through this year. I can testify through a pandemic, through, through social unrest, through political trials and tragedies, God has been with me. He is faithful. 34 years ago, when I got baptized and said yes to Jesus as an eight-year-old boy, God was with me then. And then when I walked away from him in my 20s, in 2010, when I came back to the Lord, God was with me when I was far away from him. And when I returned to him, God was with me. He's with me. The pits and the prisons that I've walked through, God has used to put me in the palace, in the place of his favor, where his mercy has been showered upon me, and I have found favor. God was with me. He's taken what Satan meant for evil in my life, and he's used it for good. And this is the story that God has for you too, that you'll know that God is with you. And God was with you. And the only reasonable response to understanding God's with you now, God has been with you, was with you through all of your life, is to worship. Worship is taking everything in your life and pointing it towards God in full surrender, saying, I'm yours. This is the only reasonable response to discovering this kind of love for us. God is with us. God was with us. My last thought, you probably already know it. God will be with you. God will be with you. Go ahead and say that in the chat. Say it out loud. God will be with me. God will be with me. I want you to consider Mary. The angel appeared to her and said, hey, you're going to give birth to this boy. Even though you've not known a man, even though you're a virgin, you're not married. Imagine Mary if she had just seen her future, which, by the way, that's a terrifying thing. I don't think any of us could really actually handle seeing our future that, that God has planned for us. Because I think some of us would say, pass, I'm okay. No, no, that looks too difficult. No, I don't think I can handle that level of criticism. I don't think I can handle that level of disappointment. I don't know if I want to walk through that. The Bible doesn't tell us that we get to see everything in our future. And Mary didn't get to see everything in her future. But imagine had Mary had the opportunity. She's already saying, whatever you want, I'm, I'm, I'm yours. Be it unto me according to your word. And from that point on, 
Imagine Mary looking at the, her future with that kind of faith and saying, you know what? I'm going, to see, I'm going to conceive this child by the Holy Spirit and God will be with me. And God's going to be with me when I have to tell Joseph. And God's going to be with Joseph too. He's going to tell him in a dream that everything's okay. And when we have to flee, after having given birth, travel to Bethlehem, God's going to be with me when I travel there and when I, when I go to find a, a place to stay there and find there's no room and have to give birth in a manger. God's going to be with me as I give birth around the stinky animals and in the dirty environment and the lowly experience. It's certainly not going to be a private room. It doesn't sound appealing, but God's going to be with me. And then, then after my son is born and we find out that his life is in danger and, and Joseph and I have to flee to Egypt, God's going to be with us then. And when he's 12 years old and we travel to the temple to have him dedicated and, and to worship God and, and we lose him in the crowd. And then we find him in his father's house saying, I, I was here just about my dad's business. God's going to be with us then. And then, and then, and then when I'm at, at the, the wedding in Cana and, and they run out of wine and, and I tell the, 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 the servants, do whatever he tells you. And he turns water into wine. I, and I witnessed his first miracle. I know that God was with me then too. And while I watch as he's publicly accused and persecuted, criticized and shamed, God will be with me then. When they take him up on a hill, they put my son on a cross, they pierce his hands with nails after having beaten him to the point of death prior to. He's now stripped fully naked, hanging publicly on a cross, gasping for air, being tormented as every breath enters and exits his body. God will be with me. When he declares, it's finished, God will be with me. When he says, into your hands I commit my spirit, and he hangs his head and breathes his last, God will be with me. And that first night that my son will have been dead and laid in a tomb, God will be with me. And the second night that he's still dead and laying in that tomb, God will be with me. Then on the third day, when I go to visit his tomb and I find that the tomb is empty, the stone is rolled away and there's angels declaring that he is risen. God will be with me. And when my son leaves this earth, waiting on his father to send him back to get us all, God will be with me. Because the thing is, is my son is not dead. He's risen. He's alive. Because he is Emmanuel, God is with us. God was with us. God is with us. God will be with us. This is the story that God has for every single one of us. No matter where you come from, no matter the color of your skin, no matter your nationality, no matter the amount of mistakes you've made, no matter the amount of mistakes you will make, God is with you, was with you, and will be with you. God was with us. God will be with us. The Apostle Paul asked this brilliant question. He asked this. He said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? It's a great question. Shall trouble? No. Hardship? No. Persecution? No. 
Famine? Nope. Nakedness? Who knows why nakedness is included in this list? I'm not certain, but I realize that if I'm naked, it means something very, very bad is going on. If I'm walking around in public, don't have shelter, don't have any clothes, you better run because it's coming your way too. Whatever it is that did that to me. But will nakedness separate us from the love of God? No. Or danger? No. Or sword? No. He says, no, in all these things, we're more than conquerors through him. Who's the him? That's Christ Jesus who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, the good guys or the bad guys, neither the present or the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul was convinced of it. And so am I. There's nothing that can separate us. No thing in this earth out of this earth that we know about can imagine that can separate us from the love of God in Christ. That means you will never be alone. You're never going to be alone. Nothing can separate you from him. Not your fears, not your doubts, not the unexplainable, not your brokenness, not your failures, not your mistakes, not a divorce, not a sickness, not an abortion. Not theological questions, not what's been done to you or your broken dreams. Nothing, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing can separate you. He is the alpha, which means the beginning. He is the omega, which means he's the end. God is not bound by time and space. He is ever present in the past and in the future and in the present as well. The past, present, and future. There it is. He's present in all those things because he's not bound by time. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means that he was with you. He is with you. He will be with you. He is Emmanuel. And the only question that remains in my mind and must be answered by all of you that are listening today is simply this. Are you with God? Are you with him? Because God wants to be with you today. That's his greatest desire. And so today, we're going to pray. And if you want to be able to answer that question, are you with God and you're not presently, we exist as a church to reach out and to be able to reach people like yourself that find yourself far away from God. And today, I'm going to pray with you. But before I do that, I want to talk to the Christians in the room. Christians, here's what you can be doing right now. I want you to begin praying and asking. Right now, while I'm talking, God, who do I need to share this message with today? Here's why. I believe this message has a special anointing to reach people that are far from God. That it's the end of the year. And there's a special end of the year harvest that God wants to do. And so ask God, who is it I need to share this with? And the person, whoever it may be, whether you've got a relational, whether you've got strife in that relationship, or whether you are the best of buds with them, or you barely know them. I want you to take this message and I want you to share it with them. I want you to invite them to watch it. I want you to invite them to watch it on their own, or invite them to watch it with you. Or invite them to listen to it through our podcast. You can text it to them. You can direct message it to them. You can share it on your wall. But I want you to share this with somebody. You can be a part of somebody's life transformation as they come to believe that God is with them. He was with them. 
and that he will be with them because presence matters. It changes everything in your life to know that Jesus is Emmanuel, that God is with us. So as I pray with these guys, I want you to stop what you're doing and share this message right now. That's your job right now. Be obedient to what the Holy Spirit is leading you to do. I'm asking you as your pastor, I'm asking you as a, a representative of a spiritual authority in your life to do this. Be obedient. Set your fears aside. Set your concerns aside. Share the message. For those of you that are here today that are ready to answer the question, are you with God and you want to be able to say yes? It just simply means this. Accepting Jesus as Lord of your life. That's that admitting that so far you've been writing the story of your life and that making Jesus Lord of your life, you surrender the pen to him. Say, Jesus, I'm gonna live my life the way you tell me to live my life. I'm surrendering my, myself to you. You need to understand that salvation is free for us to receive. That means forgiveness. That means a clean slate. We get, to, we get a do-over, get to start over. It's free for us to receive it, but it costs Jesus everything. And once we do receive it, the response that we need to have is to give him our all, is to join the family and learn to live like he lived because his ways are better than ours. If our ways were so much better, we wouldn't be looking for a different way. We wouldn't feel the need for a different way. We would feel full and fulfilled. The problem is we don't because our ways are not good enough. There's nothing in this world that can satisfy the need that we have inside except for Jesus. So if you're ready to answer that question, are you with God and you wanna say yes, if you're in our, our, our online campus, there's a button popped up in the chat box that says, I'm saying yes to Jesus, click it. For the rest of you, pray this prayer out loud with me. Say, Jesus, I need you. Be Lord of my life from this day forward. Forgive me of my sins. Be with me all of my days. Fill me with your spirit. Show me how to live for you and teach me how to tell others about you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Man, if you prayed that prayer today, heaven's having a party, I am celebrating with you and I'm asking you to make the next best decision you can make today. Fill out the connection card. Right now, the, the, you'll see that uh, in our chat boxes or if you're watching online in another, you're not inside our, our online campus, uh, the chat, there is a connection card in the link, uh, link in the description, click it. Fill it out. Let us gift you, make sure you have a Bible. Let us make sure that you are connected either to us or to a local church. You belong with us. We love you and wanna be part of your spiritual journey. We wanna be part of your growth in Christ. You're not intended to do it alone. God is with you and we wanna be with you too. So fill out that connect card. Make the next best decision. We'll help you figure out your next steps and what a life with Christ looks like. Amen, everybody. All right, guys, as we wrap up uh, our time together, I wanna give you uh, a couple pieces of information and an opportunity, and that opportunity is for you to grow in your generosity and to give. Uh, there are ways to do that popping up on the screen. You can do that digitally through our app or our website. You can text to give, or, or you can even mail uh, an offering in. You're under no obligation to give. We're really just glad that you're here if you're just, just a guest with us, but uh, for the rest of you, if God has spoken to your heart and is leading you to give and to be generous, please do that uh, at this time. 
Uh, there, there is great testimonies coming out of this season of, of difficulty in the pandemic through our In This Together uh, campaign, which is a specific fund that we've set up for you to be generous and give into. And you have done that in incredible ways. One of the stories that have recently come out of that is uh, that we were that a, a single mother identified herself and we were able to help her uh, financially with her utility bills and some other things to make sure that, that she had internet so that her kids could do online uh, virtual academy and things like that. And man, what a great testimony of your generosity. Keep it up, Simple Church. You guys are doing a great job. We give away a percentage of everything that comes in through our general giving, but 100% that comes in through the In This Together campaign is given out to families that are in need in very specific and beautiful ways. Uh, if you need help with that, you can click our community support button uh, that is found in our online campus or is in the link in the description of the message today. Uh, and, and you can get connected with our team and we can figure out how we can help you. But man, what a great gift, you guys. Blow my mind with your generosity. Thank you so much for all that you're doing. One to uh, tell you as we wrap up this series today is the last day, but uh, this is just a couple days before Christmas and we will have Christmas Eve services. We are doing Christmas at home this year. And so uh, due to the increase of COVID cases, uh, we are not having an in-person service. We're just doing everything at home, but it's gonna be a great service, a great message. And uh, we really look forward to being with you. And so uh, there are ways for you to invite uh, your family. We have several events that are posted on Facebook that you can use to invite people directly and also post and share. But we have Christmas services on, uh, service on the 23rd and the 24th. Uh, both are being aired in our online campus uh, and on Facebook, I believe. So you should be able to access those, uh, those services. Uh, invite people to watch them with you. Gather your family around. Don't miss out on this family tradition. So much this year has not been routine. Make sure that you stick with a very beautiful family tradition as you gather uh, for one of our Christmas services and celebrate the real meaning of Christmas. Other than that, listen guys, I can't wait to see you here in a few days at our Christmas services. Reminded that there's no service next Sunday. Uh, take time to be with your family. I love you, love you, love you so much. I'm praying for you. So thankful to have all you new beautiful people with us as well that have said yes to Jesus today. Welcome to the family. We're celebrating you this Christmas season. God bless you guys. We'll see you very, very soon.